This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, Secret Squad. It's Wednesday, and I'm back with another episode of I've Got a Secret. After I aired episode 41, The Secret to Landing Your Dream Job, I got a ton of messages about making a career pivot. As someone who wears a lot of career hats, this topic speaks to me, and I can't tell you the joy I have gotten from adding podcast hosts to my resume. I wanted to team up with someone, well, very well-versed in making career changes to inspire all of you listeners to chase your dreams and bring added joy into your lives as well. I'm spilling the secret to a career pivot with the talented, multi-hyphenated Ginny Hut. Thank you for being here, Ginny. Thank you for having me. And my gosh, I mean, you do do it all and you do it all just beautifully, Brian. Oh, you're so sweet and kind. And I can't tell you how just over the moon I am about speaking with you today. Thank you. How are your daughter-in-laws? How's your sons? How's your husband? How's your life? Oh, you're so sweet to ask. Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you and say they're all perfect, and I've always thought they are so, but my sweet daughter-in-law you ask about, Erica, is the reason we've even met and become friends, right? That's right. Yeah, she's lovely, and your Jay is terrific, and I got to meet them in New York, and uh, it's just really nice how your boys seem to have such respect for you and Dr. Phil, and and you've raised lovely kids, and and what what more important job is there than that, ultimately, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's I totally agree with you. Thank you for saying that. Again, Erica is the reason that we've met, and she is just a, such a doll. I love her so much. She and Jay together have given me two of the most precious angel of, of grandchildren. You know, I just, I'm in heaven with those two little babies. I've, I've said all along that being a grandmother is the dessert phase of my life. So thank you for asking about them. And our youngest son, Jordan, you know, is engaged to a precious, beautiful woman, Morgan. And we're expecting a new granddaughter with them in February. Yeah, yeah. It's just really beautiful. Well, I couldn't get any better. How's your family? My family's good. We are all still hunkered down. We actually have my niece's wedding this weekend. So one of my kids, both of my kids are in college, but... My son is doing his senior year of college from home because his school is super duper restrictive. So mm-hmm. he didn't go because if he had gone, he couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter is away at school, but she came home for to quarantine ahead of my niece's wedding, which is next Good. door to the house in which, in, well, it's in the house in which I grew up, but oh. it's next to the house in which we live now. So uh, it's a really, it's a nice time. So it's an exciting time right now for you and your family. I know you've been married 23 years. Yes, which is like half you and Dr. Phil. Uh, it's almost half, yes. We're 44 years. <laughs> it's amazing. And yeah. sometimes I I just today, you know, sometimes I don't mind just taking my hand and just patting myself on the back. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, well, that's mad. That's a real marriage. I mean, it's like uh, it's a choice and a decision every day to be with your person. That's um, right. And I think. 
when you love the person you're with, then you sort of, that's, that's what you want. And so that's you right. gear your life toward, toward that being the way it is. I'm sure he sits around sometimes too and pats himself on the back. And I think he should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what a fun family weekend and congratulations to your niece. Thank you. Thanks. I love our topic today because you are the perfect person to be talking about this today because you have such a beautiful story, such an amazing, accomplished life and story for this topic today. You have pivoted in your life and career in such amazing ways. I have. uh, Yeah, I think you're right. And I definitely don't think it was really uh, planned. I don't think any of it was really planned, which I think is maybe the first lesson that I'm sure you would, you would teach as well, that you kind of have to go with where you're, where you're headed in your life and just be aware and open for the Uh things that come in and then lead you in different directions. And it's always good to say yes initially and try something new and and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't, but you're never going to know unless you try. I agree. I'm a true believer in everything happens the way it should be. There's a Bible verse, I'll say right now that Luke chapter one, verse 45, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. And I don't know, I read that every morning when I get up because I live my life trusting and believing that everything happens the way it's supposed to. So to panic when it doesn't go as you've planned, maybe it's time to trust that what's happening is supposed to happen. That's just, I lean on that a lot of times. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that doors open and close all the time. And when things aren't going exactly the way you anticipated, it's okay. It just means there's an opportunity to try something different. And I think we have to be open to that, to those moments where there's something different is sort of in front of us and you try it. And sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's not, but, but you have to try. Good lesson. I totally agree with you. You have a very, very interesting story. Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and college? Sure. So um, I grew up in Long Island, where I currently live, and uh, I went to college. I went to Tufts, a smaller liberal college in Massachusetts, and I went to school not really knowing what I wanted to do. And I think because I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and because my father thought it was really important for us to have a graduate education, it was like a really, I'm the youngest of three, but my father sort of made it that he wanted all three of us to go to law school after college, mm-hmm. which was weird because he was in the music business. So he ran record labels and founded record labels and produced a lot of superstars. And he um, was a really successful guy without, you know, a law degree. And so he um, had said to all of us to you know, go to college and then go to law school. And if, if you do all that, then after that, if there's something else you want to do, then that you'll find that something else you want to do. So after college, I, I uh, came home and I applied to law school and I got into law school and I went to law school because that was just what I was supposed to do. Did all of you just uh-huh. want to do that? Did you admire and love your father so much that you trusted that if that's what he wants us to do, we should do it? Yes. Now, did I want to do it? Not really, but I didn't really at that time want to do anything else anymore uh-huh. than necessarily doing that. I just didn't know. So uh-huh. it wasn't, it wasn't like, I'm sure if I had said, you know, Dad, I really have to do X, Y, and Z, he would have been fine with it. Okay. But he, yeah. And I think that he always tends to give us really good guidance. Uh-huh. So it didn't, I don't know. It just felt like it was okay to just do it. So I, I did. That. And then after law school, 
I went to an acting class. I, I started taking an acting class because I thought that I wanted to be an actress. I mean, I'm so glad that I'm not an actress, but at the time I thought that I wanted to be an actress. So I go to this acting class and that's where I ended up meeting my husband, which was a very unlikely place to meet my husband. If you know my husband, he's not really an actor. He's, he's in the insurance business and he's like the nicest, most delicious, best person in the world. But I think like you were saying, we're sort of led somewhere for the right things to happen. I went to that school because I was meant to meet my husband. I, so, I believe that. Yeah. So it was a two year program. I dropped out of, after the first year because I met my husband and, uh, and then he finished, we were planning a wedding. We got married uh, a year later. I got pregnant or maybe a little less than a year later. I got pregnant with my first kid. And at that point, I really didn't want to do anything but be home with my babies. Like oh. at that point, I thought I'm going to just stay home with my son at the time, my son. And then year after I had my son, I got pregnant with my daughter and then I had two kids. And, and in the beginning I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I don't, don't want to act. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I don't want to entertain. I just want to be protecting my babies. Like I was a very, a very nervous and protective mother, which I almost 22 and 20, I'm still a very protective mother. I think that kind of doesn't leave you, but I did notice that they were probably four or five and a half around there. And I started to get itchy and started to feel like I didn't think that I would be fulfilled long-term if I was home and not doing anything in addition to raising my kids. Now, I think that the mothers who are content being home, oh my gosh, they are extraordinary women. And they're probably way more productive than I was. I was not baking cookies. I was not happily participating in the puzzle making or whatever. I'm just, I'm not wired like that. And so what was happening was I felt like my mind was atrophying and I didn't like that feeling. So some weird things started happening. I found out that someone in my father's company had been stealing and I found this out through like an internet thing that happened. Like I got a confirmation for a, for a shop, like someone had shopped online and this is in the early days of shopping online. They used my mother's credit card <gasps> and email had come to me because I had my mother's credit card. And, uh, and I was like, this is weird because these are things that I would never buy. And, um, <gasps> oh, wow. And at the time, it was in the infancy, right? It was in the infancy of this whole internet shopping. So all you had to do then was call a company and say, what's the password someone was using? And <gasps> what's the name and what's the address where this item was sent? And it wasn't like today where you have to pretty much give your social security number to get any information. They just were like, oh, the password is flower and the person who's buying it is Sue or whatever. Yeah. So I figured out quickly who it was. And uh, and so someone had to step in and help my father out with some stuff he was doing. Wow. Now he was so your father knew what he was doing, sending you to law school. <laughs> I guess so. Uh -oh. So I remember, I remember we were around a dinner table and, and I happened to, I live next door to my sister. Our brother lives in New York city and my, my parents lived uh, in the middle. My mother passed away a little more than 12 years ago. Um, so sorry. Just awful. Yeah. Thank awful. you. But, uh, but my uh, dad needed somebody co to come work for him and to come help him. And he was about to start working with Martha Stewart. <gasps> so my sister and I are around this table with all our kids. And I just said, you know what, dad, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to come work. I'm just going to come. I'm going to assist you. I'm going to help every, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to come work. And 
I hadn't discussed it with my husband. I hadn't discussed it with my sister. I just knew that it was the right decision. You were just going with your gut. You knew right then what to do. I did. And so I went and I, and I started, I was sort of an executive assistant to my dad, but it was great because I was also a lawyer and I also was fiercely protective of my father and wanted to make Mm. sure that he was always exactly where he needed to be with what he needed to have, et cetera. Mm. So I was maybe the best assistant ever in the Uh history of assistants. Uh And and it was there that I met Martha's daughter, Alexis, who ended up asking me to do a radio show with her. And so I started broadcasting, um, I mean, maybe seven or eight months after that. And that was, that was 15 years ago this month. So yeah, wild, right? Yes. If you talk about pivots, Robin, and I know that your husband would understand this because you know, what, what he does and what the two of yes. you do to help people when they're in sort of tough situations and pickles can learn a lot. It's all about your attitude and how you deal with something. So when my initial partnership with my ex-co-host ended sort of abruptly, I had two choices, right? So I could let my business go away and I could let my broadcasting career die and I could let what I would, had started building with her sort of phase out or I could pivot and find an opportunity to to launch my own brand. And so wow. that's what I did. So then wow. in, in 2012, I launched my Just Jenny show. Let me ask you this. At what point through the journey, basically through your adult life, from the moment you left home to go to school mm-hmm. to that point where you are now, you've partnered, you have a radio show. Was there a point when you had that knowing, that feeling I'm home. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. This is my calling. Yes, there really was. And I'll tell you what it was, Robin. When I started doing the radio show with Alexis, I was, I was already a lawyer and I dabbled just a little bit in legal stuff years prior. I don't even talk because it was so minimal and I, I never felt connected to that job. So I did it like couple of days a week, I'd go on someone else's behalf to court. To, uh-huh. I, I hated it. But when I opened that mic and I started to talk to people and I started to get responses from them, they would call into the show or they would send emails or send messages. I realized that there was this connection happening. And I thought it was the most magical thing. And not only were they feeling like I was giving them something and making them feel okay while they were listening, but they were making me feel okay. And like all those things that I thought made me weird or strange or different or odd, I realized they don't. They just make me like everybody else because we're all pretty much the same with the same insecurities and the same worries and the same ish. It's just different characters and different stories, but like all the same feelings. And that was an incredibly liberating experience. And that made me feel like I was home. Oh, bravo. Bravo. That that's beautiful. When you said we're all really the same, we all have something to share. I totally agree with you. It's we all know when we are being our true authentic selves and loving who we are and loving what we're doing. Like we're home. This is what I was meant to do. And I, do you, do you agree that it can be more than one thing? Oh God. Yes. Well, that's, I mean, when I, and, and I got to tell you, um, you had bought, I, I co-created bunny eyes, my glasses with my sister. And I had seen one day that you had placed an order and I, because, you know, my sister and I, 
do everything for our company. We created, we, and I'll get into that in a minute, but so we would look at, at, at when people would buy and all the orders and there was like a big order and I'm like, who's buying this? Well, they're like, Robin McGraw, that sounds familiar. And I, you know, and I was so touched that you had um, bought them because I would have just sent them to you. And it was just the nice, so thank you, because that kind of story is in every, every new business, you know, you, you hope that people um, will like your product, but it was really, 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 really nice of you. So thank you again. But you're so welcome. You're so welcome. People are always saying, oh, don't buy them. I'll send them to you. And I, I would never, I never do that. I'm like, no, I don't want anyone to give me anything for free. I want to support you. And I buy things that I truly love and that I want to have. And I don't want them for free. I want to support. So you were so sweet to say, oh no, I would have given them to you. Never. No. Thank you. And and I know that's because of your daughter, Erica, but your daughter, Erica, but but to your point, yes, you can feel at home in different hats. I mean, you have your podcast, you have your company, you have all the things that that you do and they each suit different parts of you. And so, yeah, I would agree that when this idea to make these glasses came to me, it was a time in my life where I think I needed to come up with something else and I was open to let it, to let it happen. And, uh, you know, I look back now, I mean, I was not an entrepreneur. I never thought about doing anything entrepreneurial. I was not, I'm still not the kind of person who thinks like, oh, how do I monetize that? I, I don't even, I don't even get it. Like all these people online were influencers and I, they're making bank. And I'm like, how do they even know what to do? Cause exactly. like, exactly. But, Talk more about bunny eyes. How did you decide you wanted to focus on bunny eyes and tell the listeners everything about bunny eyes? I'm sure like you, I do a lot of different things every day and I'm constantly reading. Mm -hmm. And if I can't read, I'm not very happy. I had perfect vision until I was 44 years old. And at 44, my eyes just, they just, they just went away. It just was like the world got blurry, Robin. And uh, so I started buying reading glasses all the time. And then um, I realized as I was getting my hair colored that I couldn't, you know, I'm like not super high maintenance, except when it comes to hair color, I can't have gray. I just can't handle it. My, I can't see myself with gray. It freaks me out. <laughs> so every time I would get my hair colored, I, I was frustrated because I had this need to read and I couldn't wear my normal reading glasses because I felt like the hair color would wind up on the yes. temple of the glasses rather than on my hair. So I had this feeling, I told my husband, I told my son, and I was like, there's got to be a way to make a pair of reading glasses that you don't have to wear them and you can hold them and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, and then about a month later, I was sitting next to my sister at the hair salon. And we don't usually get our hair done at the same time. It just sort of happened. And she looked visibly frustrated. And so I said, what are you, what are you bothered about? And she's like, I can't read. <laughs> so I said, that's crazy because I have been, this has been making me mad. And I I wonder why we, there aren't any glasses that you could hold in your hand. See, like this, right? Yes. So you can you flip the temples and you hold them in your hand. I and I start, I start Googling, Robin. I start Googling because I'm like, I've seen Shark Tank. I've seen all that stuff about you got to check if they exist. They didn't exist anywhere. I so I looked at my sister and I'm like, how is this possible that, that we have this idea like that doesn't exist? Like that makes no sense because that's not who we are, but it was and it is. And then we... 
got a prototype. We partnered with someone who was in eyewear. We had a prototype made within three weeks and we launched 10 months later and oh we've done you know really well so far. And they, they're wearable and they're tiltable and they're flippable and they're patented now. We have a utility patent. We have a bunch of design patents and oh. it's, you know, it's been really cool to learn. That's I'm sure, you know, you yes. know learning kind of keeps you young, right? Well, congratulations. And I'm just going to say right now, I, you we did not plan this. This is, was not one big promo for your bunny eyes. But because I did place an order, because I totally agree with the concept. I love them. I agree with the hair color issue. I still get my hair color done because I have the same issue. I'm blind. Uh, and so I wear reedy glasses. I had the LASIK surgery done on my eyes, but now that's not working anymore. And so I have to wear glasses to read. Okay. Flash forward to bunny eyes. I see the bunny eyes. And I'm like, this is brilliant. So I order them. I love them. And I want all the listeners to know that you can go to, I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com. And I'm going to have those bunny eyes on there so you can see exactly what they are, what we're talking about and what they do, how they work. They're perfect. And, and Jenny, I love that you've created them in such a fun way as well with the colors. Yeah, they're good. they're, they're so, they're just adorable. They're beautiful. They're fun, but they're so practical. I love them. Yeah. Thank you. And then we named them, of course, after my mother, Bunny, because yes. it was Yes. And I'm sorry you, you know, lost your mother. Thank you. But she, um, like you and like me, she never had a hair out of place. And she always, oh. you know, there, there's something, and this is what I've noticed about you. And I happen to think it really matters. You know, you always look so together oh. and so sort of, pristine and clean and neat. And there's something to that because it's, it, it speaks to your self-worth. When you look in the mirror and you're put together, you feel better than you do when you're not. And so I I think it's a good example. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm going to speak a little to that because I have, I grew up with three older sisters Mm -hmm. and, uh, they all loved, one loved, really loved hair, and one of them really loved makeup, and one of them really loved clothes. We grew up very, very poor, so my mother was a phenomenal seamstress. She made all everything we wore by hand. She made it herself, and and uh, I don't know, yeah. so my sister who loved hair was always trying to do something different with her hair, and I was like the guinea pig, and it, I just had this real love for flair and and creating something different. And we all inherited it from my mother because of her creativity. So I don't know. It's just something that I, I just grew up really focusing and trying to be creative on hair and, and makeup. And I just, I truly have that love of creativity. I have a passion for decorating and, and that kind of thing. That's just a true love of mine. And I know I inherited it from my mother and my sister's so, but there's, there's just something about, um, I just have this need to be creative all the time. And whether it's, yeah. whether it's with no makeup and my hair in a ponytail as I have today, uh, it's just, it just speaks to who I am, my personality. And then, and then being married and, and giving birth to two boys, being the only <laughs> woman in the house now for 44, almost 45 years. Uh, I think it, it, it played a difference raising two boys. I always felt like it was important to me to teach them about how a woman feels. And yes, they got a full 100% dose of femininity when, <laughs> by living with their mother and their, and Philip with his wife. But that's I love just that. who I am. Thank and you. I love that, that you guys are such animal people that you rescue dogs and you have this 
two babies. We rescued in the past five years, we rescued four dogs. <gasps> so we have five dogs in my house. And I the love four it. little ones, yeah, the four little ones are rescues like you guys like to do, which is another thing. I think that's so cool. Oh. Can you just talk a little bit about those new white fluff balls that are in your house? Because I can't, like, I would eat them. I would actually oh. take their faces and nibble their faces. That's I just, just they're so yeah. adorable. Thank you for thank you for saying that. And thank you for rescuing as well. Because we've always rescued our our animals. And I don't know what it is about little white fur balls, but our two boys grew up with beagle puppies. But Philip and I have always since since we're empty nesters, we've always had little white fur balls. And we lost our rescue pup Maggie about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, and it was really sad. She was really sick and she just outlived her, you know, her years. And so we lost her a year and a half ago. And so just recently, Philip was in Austin, Texas, filming a docuseries that he's a a show that launches in about a week. And it's called That Animal Rescue Show, because it's about a a animal rescue farm in Austin, Texas. And it's the most heartwarming, beautiful series about animals that they have issues they may be missing a leg. They may be blind. They have issues. And this beautiful family takes them in and takes care of them. And then they open it to allow children who also have become afflicted with issues with their own sight or they or there's some issue with their body. And, and they get to come out there and they get to be with these animals. And the stories that we see on these on these shows are so beautiful, heartwarming, but at the same time, fun and funny. And so you cry through the show, you laugh through the show, you just want to reach out and just hug, really, the screen. And when Philip was down there filming one of the episodes, he saw where eight little puppies had been dropped off. Now, they weren't, there was nothing wrong with them, but a farmer next to this rescue farm said, these were dropped off on my place and I cannot afford to take care of them. Can you keep them until I can find a place for them? Philip happened to be standing there and he reaches down and he picks up two of them to hold them. And they were so precious. And he said, take a photo. I, got, I have to send these to Robin. And when he did, he goes, look what I'm holding. And I, I just looked at it and fell right in love. And he said, maybe I should bring one home. I said, you've got to bring both of them home. How could you just put one down and keep one in your arms, bring them both home. And he went, I agree. And so one had two bright blue eyes and the other one has one brown eye and one blue eye. And they're, they're kind of mutts because they didn't know the father, but then they did learn who they were, but they're, they're just mixed Pyrenees and mutt. And they're snow white, like you said, they're now four months old and over 50 pounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. And they're so cute because they'll jump up when I come in the house. They'll jump up on me to give me a hug, literally give me a hug. And they've knocked me down so hard I bruised my arm. Because you're how, teeny tiny. And they're like horses. And you're they're like horses. Tiny. I joked the other day. I said, Philip, when they're full grown, I may have to have saddles made for them so the grandbabies can ride them. It is the most fun. It's so nice for the kids. That they're they're so precious. But the dogs. minute we got them, yeah, we got a crate for them and a little potty pad. We were on the airplane <laughs> coming home with them. And one of them walked out of that crate and over to the potty pad and pottied on it. And I went, oh my gosh, this one's brilliant. And it was the one with one blue eye, one brown eye. And I said, okay, let's name, I want to name him. So we decided I would name one, Philip would name the other. So I said, I want to name him. And I named him Einstein 
because of his <laughs> eyes and that he was so smart to use the potty pad. So he's named yeah. Einstein. And Philip named the other one with the two bright blue eyes. He named him Blue. <laughs> really cute. And I know that with Maggie, and I'm so sorry, but I know that you guys went to incredible lengths. Yes, to, we did. To, we, she had dialysis and we held her and through everything and just did everything we could to, to help her. But, you know, you never want your animals, any kind of animal to suffer. But we help, tried to help her as yeah. much as we could. She was very sick and in a lot of pain. And when we lost her, it was really sad. But uh, we've mourned her now for over almost two years. And so we're so in love with Einstein and Blue. And they're so, so sweet. And, you know, one thing I just want to say to the listeners to consider, anytime you adopt a dog, if you have the opportunity to adopt one dog with their brother or sister, I highly recommend adopting two at a time because okay. it has turned out to be the most incredible experience for us, but also for them. They love each other so much. And for us to watch them together, it's like they cannot be apart. They touch each other. They play together. They're always together. And I can actually, I feel like I, we can sit there and they talk to each other because they yes. have this little bark. Yes. It's adorable. It's adorable. It adorable. And then you guys don't feel bad if you're in another room or you go out to dinner. That's right. That's right. I know that they're that they're happier because they have their brother. Each they uh. each have their brother. So I highly recommend if it's possible for your lifestyle or for you and for whatever, if you can adopt two, always do that. It's just yeah. been such a plus. But we love them so much. Einstein and Blue. And they're really, really sweet, sweet dogs. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And, and you have four. What kind of puppies do you have? What kind of dogs? Yeah, we, have, we have five dogs. Oh, we have five. A, yeah, standard poodle who's, who's going to be 16 years old huh. uh, in, a, in a month and a half. Yeah, and so that's Hazel. And then we have Harriet, who's a little over five. Harper, who's three and a half. Henriette Harley, who's three. And Henrietta, who's a year and a half. Oh, that's so adorable. They're, really, they're adorable. They're great. They're all mixes, poodle mixes, and not they don't shed, but they're, you know, each one is very different and they have each other. It's that same, it's nice that they they are they're a pack. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Both my uh grandchildren, Avery and London, want wanted to have a dog and their mom and dad, they have a cat, they have a hairless kitty, and mom and dad just were not ready to bring a, a dog yeah. into their home. So I said, Okay, well, grandma will get you a dog and it can live at grandma's house. And then uh, it'll be your dog, but it'll live here. And this was about two years ago. And so I got him a, a King Charles Cavalier poodle. So it's it's a Cavapoo. Love. It's Cavapoo. Love. And it is the sweetest little dog. It's the sweetest little dog. So poodles, that. poodles, I had done a lot of research and I know that poodles are supposed to be the smartest dog ever. They are. They're and great, great for children. They're amazing animals. Yeah, I think it's really nice to raise kids with animals, whether it's cats or dogs. I think it, it breeds kids with uh, compassion and understanding. Yes, yes. actually, they have a hairless kitty. Uh, Avery has a rabbit. And for London's birthday, he had his birthday August 31st. Yeah. And he turned nine. And his gift that he requested was a chameleon. Love it. I That's thought what you he got for his birthday. I knew you were going reptile. I knew it was going to be. I think yes. that's so cool. That's great. It his, just daddy, them- his daddy was into reptiles growing up. So, yes, we had a snake. We had lizards. We had all kinds of things. Of course you did. Oh, my God. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. I want to move to this one thing that we do in every podcast and uh, two things we consistently do. And one is the drink of the day. Okay. And sadly, we're not together, so we can't clink glasses, but I'm going to show you what it is. And one day we'll be together. So this drink we're calling sparkling conversation. <laughs> and when all of the listeners go to I've Got a Secret with Robin McGraw, they'll get to see a photo of it. They'll get to see the uh, recipe for it. And Sparkling Conversation calls for two ounces of Prosecco, one ounce of Aperol, two ounces of apple cider, and club soda, some fresh apple slice for garnish, and one cinnamon stick for garnish. And in a glass, you fill with ice, combine the Prosecco. Aperol and apple cider. Gently stir and top with club soda. Garnish with a fresh apple slice and cinnamon stick and enjoy. So if we were together, we would be enjoying this together. So cheers. That is so cute. Okay. So I have a question. What advice would you give someone wanting to make a career shift, but not sure how to get the ball rolling? Right. So, so I have thought about this a lot, Robin, because um, because it's always the problem for people. They, they have an idea, they have a thought and they're like, well, how do I do it? What do I do? And they think they have to have a whole plan mapped out. And my bit of advice is just start doing it. Doesn't matter what the it is. So if you want to be on Instagram, start posting. If you want to make a product, then make a product. I mean, my first demo of my glasses were a broken pair of reading glasses with chopsticks that I had taped to either side of the frames. You actually just have to do it. If Whatever that idea, if you want to start making clothing, make yourself a shirt and wear it. I mean, that's, it doesn't have to be a whole business plan and financing and blah, blah, blah. Just start doing it. You want to sell cookies and bake cookies, bake your darn cookies. I love it. I totally agree. If, you, if you're passionate about something, just start doing it. And then I I think you you could even add networking to that. And what I mean by networking is do what you want, make those cookies, give them to your friends, tell them to to give some to their friends and just get it done. Just start doing it. 
Yeah, I think that work ethic thing that I know that you have, that your boys have, that that Dr. Phil has, I think that's the most important piece that goes along with any idea because we all get ideas all day long. What separates those who succeed is that work ethic and the ability to do it day in and day out. You have to actually execute. And that's a that's a that's an everyday kind of thing. That's true. Do you think having a formal education in a new field is important or is it possible to just learn on the fly? I think it's possible to learn on the fly. I mean, I did. I learned how to broadcast by doing it every day. I love that. Of course, it helps to have a formal education in in anything and everything. But um, also, if you don't, don't let that stop you. Always ask questions. You can always, always go and ask those who do know what it is you're interested in. You know, and it this is not really the same thing, but it just reminded me of years ago. Now it's been 30 years ago, I guess. When I started, I've always been a real health nut, health into mm-hmm. my health and taking care of myself and my family and such. But when I started the phase of perimenopause and menopause, and I, I was so interested in it only because, for well, for a lot of reasons, but one main reason was my mother passed away young and I didn't have a chance to really ask her a lot of questions about it. But uh, I, I saw a doctor who was very one-sided about the whole phase and just said some very strict rules about it that I disagreed with and wanted to put me on some medications that I just knew I didn't want to put in my body. So I'm a very natural type person. I don't, I don't like synthetic drugs. Okay. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to do everything I can to learn more about this phase in my life and how it affects my body. So I just started making appointments essentially with pharmacists, not doctors, not doctor's appointments, but I did that also later. But I thought I'm I'm not only going to go to the bookstores and the library back then, you know, we didn't have as many, we didn't have the internet that I could do as much research on the internet and that many sites, but I would go sit in the bookstore in the aisle and thumb through books and decide which ones I thought I needed to buy. And then I would go to the library, that kind of thing. But I also made appointments with pharmacists because compounding pharmacists, because I thought they know what's going into these drugs. They know what's in them. So I just, that just came to me because I thought those were the experts I wanted to talk about because I needed to learn. So I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to a new business that you want to, or a new career you want to start. Go sit and visit with the people that are in that field. Learn as much as you can. Robin, I think that that you're being so outspoken about the struggles that you had and about your research is so valuable. And I am so grateful that you talk about it because as a 50-year-old woman, there are not enough women who talk about perimenopause, which is where I am right now. And it is messy and awful and weird. And the hormones, they go like this. That's right. And you feel crazy. And it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. You don't have to listen to only one doctor or two doctors. You don't have to do that. You can take control of your own body. Now I'm about to get on a soapbox, but you can, you have to take control of your own body. You can have control of your own body and how you feel and how you live the rest of your life. It's a phase you enter. Menopause is a phase you enter and stay in for the rest of your life. And how you live it and how it takes control how you control it, it can be up to you, but you have to educate yourself. And that's what I decided. I I sat down with one doctor who basically said, life as you know it is over. 
go fill all of these prescriptions and get started on them, and I'll see you in six months. And the prescription on the top of the stack was for Prozac. And I thought, what? Life as you know it is over. And I went, that's just not true. That's not the way I'm going to accept this. This is a phase every woman enters. So why does it have to be so negative? It's not going to be that way for me. I did my research and I went, just as I said, I made appointments with compounding pharmacists because I did enough research to know I'm going to do this the natural way. I'm not saying that no one should do it the other way. No one, if you find something that works for you, then do it. But you should be the one who decides what works for you. Yeah. And that's what I believe in. I love that. I started, uh, I started exercising a lot more. Yes. And that really made a tremendous difference. I love that too. You know, I've always worked out, been an exerciser, and I've always done something. I I mean, that body, that body on you, Robin, I see this with total respect. It's really (laughs) unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I love that. I love that you do your treadmill talks. Yep. I'm on the treadmill. I do this hashtag movement movement because every day I get at least 10,000 steps in. It doesn't matter what else I do that day. I might have another workout. I might not. But every single day of my life, I get 10,000 steps done. I love um, it. It's really changed my brain. Oh, I love that. So as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you have a law degree. You're a radio host and author, television host, mother, wife, and an inventor. Have you mm-hmm. always been a stellar multitasker? Or do you <laughs> think it's a skill you've honed over the years? I think it's undiagnosed ADD. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, yeah, I always have just uh, done a lot of stuff, and um, I'm just open to doing. I, I, I never loved labels, so mm-hmm. I think that's that's part of it. I like being able to have a lot of different tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, you know, I are you? You must be a lot like me. I I work better under pressure. I love I having so much pressure. on my plate that. What is that? It's like, why do we do that to ourselves? But it's true. And my son is the same way. My son will have like a 40-page paper due at the end of the week. And Wednesday, he's doing it. And he stays up for 48 hours. And this is a, you know, a, a ridiculously smart young man who gets, he's at a crazy good school and he gets all A's. And Love it. He has his problem. But it's the same thing. That pressure that like, that we need a deadline. Yeah, it's true. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I just... I, I, I'm better when I have to step up. So, yeah. so are you like me? Do you, if you're going on out of town, let's say you're going to go on vacation, do you pack yeah. at midnight the night before? hundred <laughs> percent. And then I'm in panic because I, I hate packing. I hate packing, packing. I hate it. It's like the worst part for me of the whole trip is the yeah. fact that I actually have to pack. Yes, I agree. So do you feel like, do you feel that a lot of people prioritize money over passion when it comes to their career? Yeah, I think it's a tough thing. As I was yeah. saying before, like I'm not the best person, like I'm not the best at monetizing. My brain doesn't work that way. Um, so I, you know, I, there are some people who it's all about the dollars. I don't think that really works though for anybody. I think if you're doing something that isn't true to you just because you want to make money, it's never going to work out the way that you're expecting it to. Whereas if you do something that you're doing because you really believe in it and you care about it and it matters to you for all the right reasons, then I think you're more likely to have that sort of success. I love that. What's next for you? Oh gosh. Uh, what's next is getting the pandemic to end. That would be great. Uh, and I think, 
I think what's next is just really trying to to stay in the moment. Life goes really quickly as we get older, I see. And so I try to slow myself down because like, I can't believe that my kids are 20 and almost 22. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how it happened. I'm sure you know this feeling too, but now you've had grandbabies, so you've got to see them as babies. Right. But like, I remember when I had babies. So I just, you know, it's like, let's just all slow down, stop the worrying a little bit and live in the moment. If I could do that, that's like a, that would be a, that would be a pivot for me. Oh, I love that. I love that plan of yours. I think that's a, a brilliant idea. I think it's very important. And what better time than right now when we're all quarantined and focused on staying healthy. For sure. So we've come to a place now in the podcast that I love. So how do you feel about games? I love a game. Oh, good. Because we play a game in every podcast. And I always pick a game that applies to my guest. And I know that you are a brilliant singer. You're very talented. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to sing yeah, no. unless you yeah. want to sing the answer. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, because I do know that you're very, very talented. Uh, so for this game, I'm going to read a line from a famous song and okay. you're going to try to finish the lyrics. Okay. I'll try. Okay. 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 So here's the first one. And I can give a hint if you want to. I will I will not give the hint until you ask for it. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the first one. And I'm not gonna sing because I am not <laughs> talented. I can't even carry a tune in a bucket, let alone sing it. <laughs> I but one of your boys, one of your boys is really musical. I know. I mean, we don't know where he got it. Yeah. My like, daughter's really musical too. Yeah, no, that's fun, right? Because he yeah. makes music. That's cool. Oh yeah, he's a brilliant performer and uh Quick story, when he decided he wanted to play the piano, he, his, his, actually it was his third grade teacher called me in and said, he's really, really good at math. He, she said, he, he gets all of his math work papers done just before I can barely get them handed out. His brain is just click, click, click. She said, you should have him do uh, piano lessons or some kind of musical instrument. So I said, okay. I told him, Jordan, your teacher suggested this. How about piano? And he goes, sure. I finally get someone that he, I said, you don't have to study. You don't have to practice. This is all for fun. This is for you to enjoy. You can pick the teacher. I'll bring him out. If you like him, great. If you don't like him, we'll keep looking. Finally found a young man that was a jazz pianist. Da da da. He likes him. And I said, my only request is you learn a Christmas carol for me. So they called cute. me and said, Jordan learned Jingle Bells. And, you know, I said third grade. It was actually first grade. And oh he said, God. I said, oh, good. You're going to play Jingle Bells. But he turned around on the piano bench and he played it backwards. That's oh. what I knew. He was talented. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. So, oh and God. none of us, George, uh, Jay, Philip, and I all said we would learn piano with him. We couldn't do it. We just flat, couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So, okay, back to the game. Yeah. All right, here goes. What you want, baby, I got it. What you need, do you know I've got it? Mm-hmm. What That's... you want, baby, I got it. What you need. I know it's respect. R-E-S-P-E-C, right? Isn't it respect by Aretha Franklin? Franklin? Yes. Okay. But so it, what's the I next always, one? But the next lyric, I would have to remember. All I'm asking for is for a little respect, right? When you, yeah. when you get home. Crazy. Oh, when you get home, right. Okay. There you oh, go. You, yeah, you got it. You didn't even need the hint. Okay, here's the next one. Okay. 
How can you just leave me standing alone in a world so cold? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know it. Hold on. I wish you were singing it, but I know it. Oh, uh, no. It's Prince. Yes. And it's, um, uh, it's not When Doves Cry, is it? Yes, it is. There you go. There so you go. The, the next layer, the next line. Of, it was so cold. Maybe I'm just like, uh, maybe you're just like my father. Um, maybe you're just like my father. Uh, maybe I'm just too demanding. Right. Too maybe I'm just like too, my father. I can't remember, but I got the song and the artist. <laughs> you got, you're so good. You got the artist. You get the name of the song. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. All right. My loneliness is killing me, and I, I must confess, I still believe. Still believe when I'm so with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. It's up for me. Spears. Bravo. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Here's the next one. Okay. Clock strikes up. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me start over. I got it. Clock strikes upon the hour and the sun of it. It's Whitney Houston. Um, and it's, uh, is it how well I know? It's um, clock strikes upon the hour and the sun begins to fade. Still enough time to figure out how to chase my blues away. But which song is it? It's light a day. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. Yes. There you go. Yes. Bravo. Oh, wait, this is amazing. You're so good. Oh. Okay, next one. Yeah. Oh, oh, look. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. Going to let it all hang out. Want to make some noise? Really raise my voice. Oh, boy. Uh... Oh, no, I don't think I know this one. Hold on. Oh, oh, I'm going to give you a little hint, but you would okay. know this. This oh. Canadian country singer holds the record for best-selling female artist in country music history. Shania? Oh, man, I feel like a woman. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So it took me a minute. I'm going to give you a little fun fact with this one. Yeah. I redid this song for Philip's birthday and made a video for it. I did the whole song of Shania, and I was backed up by all of his tennis players dressed just like the men in the band. We Come had on. the original instruments. was adorable, oh. but we rewrote the song all about him. Losing your hair, losing your hair, don't even care. <laughs> it was adorable. I'm going to send you a copy of it just so I you can watch it. Uh-huh. I'd love okay. to. Okay, here's the next one. Okay. I know a place where you can get away. It's called a dance floor, and here's what it's for. So. Yeah, I know this one. Okay. Oh, uh. Called the dance floor. It's Madonna, but it's for so. Come on, Vogue. It's Madonna Vogue. Yep, yep. Answer is, come on, Vogue. Let your body move to the music. Let your body move to the music. Yes. Yeah. That was our last one. I love that game. That is so much fun. You were oh, amazing. The is working. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were, um, you won that game. Let me tell oh. you, you won that game. Well, that was so much fun. And I want to tell the listeners, not only does Jenny have a gorgeous voice, but so does her daughter. Isn't that right? Yeah, my daughter sings. She's in music school and she's uh, she sings, she plays piano, she writes. Yeah, she's really talented. I'm very oh, proud of her. 
Oh, yeah. I, I bet you are. I'm thrilled yeah. to hear that. It's obvious that she gets it from her mom. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. You know, I think, uh, as you know, with your kids, you we look at our kids and with such pride and such respect and such, you just hope that they find their path and that they are happy and they're contributing well to society and that they're good people. And like, that's really it. I just, I want them happy and okay and breathing. The rest couldn't, is uh, Couldn't agree more. It. Happy and healthy and doing what they love. Yeah. Well, that is unfortunately the end of today's episode, Jenny. Can you tell the Secret Squad where to find you online? Yep. So I'm at Just Jenny Hutt on Instagram. Uh, Just Jenny Hutt on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm at Jenny Hutt. And my show is Just Jenny on Sirius XM Channel 109. So thank you so much for having me. You're really just the nicest woman. It's like I love following you because you're so positive. You put such goodness out into the internet. And I don't think enough people do that. You're just lovely and positive and warm and open. And I think it's really cool. I admire you so much. Thank you very, very much. I really, really appreciate you being on my podcast today because you're like the podcast queen. And the fact that you took your busy time out of your day to be on my podcast just makes me want to cry, really. I I wanted to be on your podcast because I think you're so cool. I like talking to you. I think you're really interesting, Rob. And I think that people should know more about you because there's always, look, your husband's a super successful man, but always behind a super successful man is a woman and a woman with a lot of stuff going on. And that's (laughs) you. Totally agree. And I'll just tell you, between you and me, I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Okay, well, you are the best. You're the queen. So thank you. And All it's right. just been wonderful. Secret Squad, make sure to rate and review this podcast and visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for extras and tons of fun. I'll see you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.